Williams wide left, Crabtree slot left. Gore goes slot right. Empty backfield. Shotgun Smith. Saints bring extra man. Alex going to boot to his left and run. He's going to run it 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Do you believe it? The play of dreams. Welcome to 4th and Gold Podcast. We have a midweek pod coming out for you. We have a special guest at the end of this, Adam Snyder, uh, joined us today, uh, spoke with us about, you know, off the line, uh, his performance company that's coming up. You'll hear that at the end of this pod. Um, Matt, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Nothing much. I'm still amped from that interview, man. So we just did the interview, and Adam Snyder is incredibly interesting and a fun person to talk to. So, Definitely. Get excited. If you don't want to listen to us, that's fine. Stick around and listen to him because he is awesome. <laughs> or you just fast forward to the 20 minute mark or something. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Or you can do that. Or you can do that. Uh, you, can check, you can check out the podcast, Fourth and Gold Podcast, on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast, or follow myself or Matt at Matt Barr underscore or at Javier Vague underscore. Um, follow the podcast on all the streaming platforms Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Um, yeah, man, I'm still pretty hyped up off that interview. What's uh, there's some there's some news going around right now with the Niners. You know, you got 49ers Twitter's on fire. You got the uh, <laughs> Joe Fan has left the Niners and he's in Seattle now. Where do you want to start, bro? Let's start with Joe Fan because I think that is the inciting moment. This is our Fort Sumter yeah. of 49ers Twitter Civil War. So this is where the first shots were fired. So Joe Fan leaves. Um, and Joe Fan didn't leave on bad terms, and we've had that happen with a lot of with a lot of 49ers team reporters. Um, mm-hmm. He left because he got a raise and he got a promotion, and he got a he went from being a team reporter to working for NBC Sports, and he goes back to him. Seattle, where's where's home for him? Yeah, he grew up a Seahawks fan. He goes back home to work for the home NBC Sports station, and people start to collectively lose their mind. <laughs> And this is, I'm telling you, this is the inciting incident of, of what started the whole four years Twitter's on fire right now. And, you know, good for Joe Fan. I was, I was a big fan of Joe Fan. I don't know how else to say that. I was yeah, a big no. fan of Joe Fan. And uh, I, the thing I liked most about him, I said this yesterday on Twitter, is he didn't sound like state-run radio, like a yeah. lot of team reporters did. He was somewhat objective. And obviously, mm-hmm. he has to be a little rah-rah here and there, but... He did a very good job for the 49ers, and I very much enjoyed him. And he's the favorite team reporter they've had in a long time. Today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Congratulations, Joe, if you listen. Um, you know, now you're an enemy for now, but you're still, we still appreciate the time he gave us. And uh, you know, I'm gonna miss those Toyota, you know, those interviews that he did in the Toyota, the Toyota cars, riding around with Joe Staley and the guys, and doing those yeah. things. Um, he brought great, great content when he, while he was with the 49ers. So I appreciate his time. Um, what else is up 49ers Twitter's ass? Oh, man. Um, a certain reporter, I know we don't... <laughs> he said that Kyle Shanahan isn't that good. And this is this has started a whole new thing. And everybody's just been dunking on each other. And it's just been... Man, it's been, it's been it's such a mentally draining week. It's the it's offseason. Off everybody's so antsy because training camp starts next week. Um, 
So, I mean, there's not a whole lot happening since the last time we talked, because we just recorded a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously we're doing this because we had Adam on after this. It, and, you know, man, just people just need, we, training camp needs to get here. Because, yeah. oh boy, people are starting to lose their minds a little bit. Yep. We're, we're a week and a day out right now. We're eight days out. Um, people are still freaking out about Bosa and Debo Samuel having signed. And it's just, they're CAA represented. This is standard operating procedure for them. I'm not concerned that they haven't signed. They're going to sign, you know, morning of training camp, night before, whatever it is. Fans are going to sweat. Fans are going to lose their minds about it. I'm not too worried about it. It's going to be fine. And the last two first-round picks of the 49ers haven't signed until the night before or the day of. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. I'm not tripping. It's just, uh, it is what it is. It's, you know, contracts... People want their money. You know, we all have jobs, and we all want our money the way we want our money. And, then, you know, Bosa and Debo get what they need to get when it's done. And CAA has been known to do what they do. They ride it out to the last, you know, last possible second to get a, a deal done. And they get the most money for their uh, the people they represent. And, you know, that's why they have so many clients. So, yep. you know, I'm not too worried about it. And, you know, Nick will be fine. Debo will be fine. It'll be, it'll be good to go once uh, – practices and everything else start i have no no doubt the niners get this done you know speaking of contracts robbie gold since last time you heard us he has signed his deal so uh disregard our last five minutes of the last pod um robbie we love you (laughs) kick a whole bunch of field goals (laughs) it was so antiquated like i go on his rant on sunday night and then like monday morning first thing he signs and i sound like an idiot but We uh, we have our moments yeah, yeah. We weren't at OTAs, um, bro. How are we supposed to know? I, I know. I know. But so Robbie Gold got a two-year contract with, was it player options for the last two years or team mm-hmm. options? Yeah, player options. Player options for the yeah, last two years. Was. So it's it, right now it's it's two years, 10.5 mil. Um, it could go up to four years, 19 mil. Um, I think if he does all four years, only 15 is guaranteed, something like mm-hmm. that. So still paying a lot for Robbie Gold, but he has been accurate. Yada, yada, yada. He signed, finally, no more kicker news. We don't have to talk about him until he either hits or misses a game-winning field goal now. He's going to hit them all. Confidence, I like it. Yes. Confidence, I like it. I'm getting um, a little too hyped. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to um, Bosa and um, Samuel not signing their contracts yet, um, they are not the only ones that haven't signed. So Quinn and Williams has not signed. Devin White has not signed. Daniel Jones has not signed for the Giants. Brian Burns, our draft crush, uh-huh. has not signed. Um, then you get to Debo. And then here's the interesting one. Uh, O'Shane Eximenes? Oh, I don't know how to say that. Oh, yeah. He's the Giant. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't signed. He's a third-round pick, and he hasn't signed. So people losing their shit about and Debo the- not signing, like, and the 250th Relax. pick hasn't signed either. He's a long snapper. He, I don't know who he plays for. He, he signed. Um, he, he did, did sign as the Vikings. Uh, so what was going on with him is he's from the Air Force Academy. Oh, okay. That makes so sense. he had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops to get out of his military contract to get into an NFL contract. And they just figured that out today. Okay. So he has signed. So I thought that was a little weird, too. I looked into it. Yeah, he's an Air Force Academy guy. So that he was sense. slated to be Lieutenant Cutling. And then now he's just whatever the dude's first name is. Gotcha. And he's long snapping for the Vikings. So good for him. Good for him getting on out of that contract. Good deal. 
So, I mean, you know, it's it's everyone's in panic mode. Training camp's around the corner. Relax, guys. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Um, the season's upon us. You know, training camp's right here. I'm getting excited. You know, I'm, I'm seeing mm-hmm. all these pundits. They're like, yeah, you know, the Niners have the best chance for the playoffs. Or then you got Daniel Jeremiah going on his podcast saying Niners are the most improved team. And you got... Brian Baldinger saying there's no holes on this roster. It's like, okay, guys, pump the brakes, please. Just mm-hmm. relax, relax. Mm-hmm. I don't want too many expectations. Like, just let it, let it linger, and then we just surprise some people. That's what I prefer. Under promise, overperform. Yep, that's what I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head there. Uh, Brian Baldinger went on. Uh, was it Damon Bruce? Yep. And yeah, we both listened to that this morning, and he's like, he, he did say one thing that is absolutely true. He said they're out of excuses. This yeah. is it. This is the year they got to put it all together. And I mean, this is something we've been harping on all off season. This isn't. Yeah. This isn't new for us. Just got to be in the hunt in December. That's all I'm asking. Yep. Yep. And he said they got it. He, he said something like, "You, you got to put together four or five games in a row." Yeah. And I don't know if the 49ers schedule is is built for that, but mm-hmm. if they can pull that off, I mean, that's what's going to set them apart from other teams. Definitely. So, so you know, nothing, nothing really new. No, nothing major. Nothing major. We, the Robbie Gold signing, cool. Done and done. I'd already kind of forgotten about it. Like that's how little I care about the kicker position. Because we had all this drama all off season. He no finally slander, signs. Bro, I send off like do it. I send off like three tweets. I'm like, all right, no more kicker talk. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And then I like we come to record today, and I, part of part of it's from being pumped from the interview. But um, I just completely forgot about it, man. It happens. It's it, he's a kicker, and we you know Robbie, just make all the kicks, please. Just save yeah, us the headache. Um, I mean that's second cover highest every- paid kicker. Second yeah. highest paid kicker still. Justin Tucker still making more money. So people worrying about that. What do you think? You want to give the people the interview now? Let's give it to him, man. We okay. don't have anything else. Let's no. hit him with the interview. Hey, y'all, enjoy the interview. Adam Snyder's an awesome guy. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. It's going to mm-hmm. be at asnyder68. Yeah, and then check out his uh, vital performance at VYDL performance on Twitter and on Instagram. Some great con- great stuff going on there. And uh, if you got kids or you know you guys want to just work on your craft, uh, check him out on there. If you live in Arizona, go and check him out. Um, he's doing great things out there. And we fully support Adam on his uh, venture, his entrepreneurship and ventures that he's doing out there in Arizona. Um, with us, you know where to catch us at on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast. Or check out Matt at MattBar underscore or myself at Javier Vague um, underscore. And uh, we're always around to engage for the most part. And uh, just keep the uh, keep the, uh, the Kyle Shanahan slander to a minimum right now. It's We're almost there. <laughs> we're almost there, guys. But, yeah, check yeah, out the interview. Enjoy the interview, the interview guys. Peace. Uh, we are here with 10-year vet Adam Snyder, former 49er and owner, coach of VYDL Performance. First, Matt and I want to say thank you, Adam, for coming on and uh, talking with us. And second, how's retirement, man? How, how's, how's life? Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's good, man. It's good. I, I'm out here in Arizona. Um, we put our roots down here in 2012 when uh, I took my little stint away from the 49ers. Um, my wife is from out here. And uh, when I signed the deal with the Cardinals, I figured I'd, I'd be here a while. <laughs> that didn't turn out as well as I thought yeah. it would. but. But anyway, uh, we, we put our roots down here, and I'm enjoying it, man. Um, I coached high school football for a while, uh, for three and a half years after I uh, retired. And then this vital performance thing came up, so we can talk about that later. But 
that's kind of what's consuming my time now is uh, training offensive linemen. Gotcha. So it's not an acronym. It's it's called Vital. Is that how we? Is yeah. How we... So it's a playoff. It's a playoff. The word Vital, right? And gotcha. I, I was thinking about what am I going to call it? You know, you don't you think about it. You bounce back and forth. And I had come up with this Vital idea um, for a clothing company that I'm a part owner in. And uh, when I started thinking about, gosh, you know what what word this depicts the offensive line, and it just made total sense. Vital, like they're vital to the success of an offense. They're vital to the team. Uh, it just it just made a whole lot of sense, and uh, obviously I made it look a little cooler than, than the way vital is spelled, but that's that's where it came from, just thinking of, like, one key word when you think about the offensive line, it's vital. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So so we'll let you we'll let you plug that here a little bit in a little bit. Um, yeah. We got some questions for you, man. It's it's like Javi said, thank you for coming on. You know, I haven't had a chance to say it yet. So uh, anyway. Thank you guys so, for me. Absolutely. So my big thing is, what was your, like, holy shit, welcome to the NFL moment. You know, you get drafted, you show up. What was the first yeah. moment you were just like, God damn. Uh, when the playbook got thrown at my feet and uh, Coach George Warhop told me I was starting at right tackle. <laughs> and I, I, had, I don't think I, I played right tackle maybe one time in college. And he's like, you're starting at right tackle. And I had already done my research. And, and you know, I was a Niner fan growing up in California. I obviously you know, nearly impossible to miss them, you know, in their, in their Super Bowl runs. But uh, mm-hmm. so I knew who was on the roster and I knew – Lining up at right tackle, I was going to have to go against Bryant Young. And oh so immediately God. got a dump in my <laughs> pants. <laughs> and I'm like, Bryant, Bryant Young? I'm like, oh, my, how long is this? I don't know how to play right tackle. I don't know the plays. And then all, you know, all these things start going through your head. And I'm like sitting in this, at my locker going, oh, my God, it's real. It's about to go down. <laughs> um, but I got through it, and actually B.Y. became a very good uh, close friend of mine and a mentor. But uh, he told me something after after that minicamp that kind of projected me into, into my career. And he just said, you're going to be a hell of a player one day. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so that was my moment of, like, I'm here. This is real. And I can do it. I, I got Bryant Young telling me I'm going to be a hell of a player one day. He probably didn't say hell. He probably said you're going to be a heck of a player. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, But anyway, that moment – that was just surreal and like kind of unreal, unreal to be honest with you that I was in that position. Yeah. So, so that was kind of the aha moment. Gotcha. So, I mean, I mean, you mentioned Brian Young, was he, you know, in your ten, in your tenure in the NFL, was he your hardest teammate to block or how, how, how was that going one on one with him? He, he was a machine. And I, and I say this about a few people, um, but there's people that were put on this planet to play football. And B.Y. was one of those guys. Justin Smith, one of those guys. Yeah. Larry Allen, one of those guys. You know, these Hall of Fame type guys. And to see their work ethic as a young player, you know, B.Y. was in his, gosh, I don't even know, his 10th, 11th year, somewhere around there. Um, when I got drafted, and to see him practice the way he practiced, to see him work out the way he worked out and, and how much he, effort he put into it, you know, really tried, it really helped shape my mentality as a young player. Um, but I went through the Justin Smith, Alden Smith era, and those dudes were mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, that, that duo of guys was just, it was, an, it was insane to, to watch. To, and they practiced like they played. I mean, obviously the, the high level guys like that, <laughs> they don't take time off. And so, you know, to have those guys, but you know, again, it, it's also a, a huge blessing in disguise because they make you a better player. Obviously you get to practice against the best. Uh, so they're making you a better player. Uh, but Isaac Sopawaga was a, was always a big boy down in there, and um, 
I could go on and on about the guys I played with. I mean, I always had, I always felt like we always had great teams, um, great guys in the locker room at, at all times, man. Like Jeff Ulbrich and, and Derek Smith are two guys that also stick out Yeah, from back in the day that just, we, we had the, the, we had these great leaders in our locker room. We couldn't, it just couldn't, for some reason, couldn't put it together to, to get a successful season uh, my first early years. But, but we had, we always had the guys, man. Definitely. Yeah. So speaking, speaking of that, I mean, let's just play right off that. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh comes in and he takes that, that big core of players you were talking about and he kind of just mm-hmm. turned everything around and, you know, it was, it wasn't like instantaneous, but I mean, you were there through the Nolan years, through the Singletary years, and then you get yeah. to play for Harbaugh. I mean, what was that, what was that culture change like once, once he took over? You know, I think it, you're, you hit it on the head. I mean, we took the same roster that we had with Coach Singletary uh, going into the lockout year when Harbaugh and his staff came on. And it was it was just a different uh, – they just had a different take on how to coach. They just had a different take on – they were very detailed. They were very they, – they knew how to be slow and they knew how to implement um, – their offense and their scheme and their defensive scheme and their special team scheme with a group of guys and get those guys to buy in. And um, it happened fairly quickly. I mean, we knew real early in that season in 2011 that we were on to something special. And, uh, you know, it was just they, – they'd been – that crew had been successful through uh, USD and Stanford. And so they already had the plan and we had the guys. And it was just kind of that magical <laughs> – I don't know if you want to call it magical, but it was that like all, all the things kind of aligned for, for that little run of the Harbaugh years uh, because we did have the core group of guys that had been through so much already. I mean, gosh, we had four head coaches, I think, in my first seven years, mm-hmm. you know, and then it all kind of aligned and we had the core group of guys and then they came in with the plan. Okay, here's exactly how we're going to execute it. And, uh, and we did it. You know, up, gosh, that 2011 year was, was my – my best year of like my, my favorite memories were from 2011. That year was just insane. Yeah, that was, you know, that was a great year. I had gotten out of the military in the year right at, right in that time frame, And it, you know, I, I had lived in Seattle and I um, saw a lot of Seahawks and Niner games up there. And, you know, yep. it was great. To, it was great to see um, Niners just make that turnaround. It was, you know, I got tired of listening to the Seahawks and they had their run. Thank you for your service. Oh yeah. No worries. No worries. Um, you know, but you know, this is um, with 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 Harbaugh and everything like that. You know the the offensive line was so stout. Um, what you know you mentioned your teammates that you blocked. Who was when you were during that run? Who was the hardest guy on the opposing team that you had to block? I know you know we got you guys yeah. played the Giants in that uh, NFC Championship game, and the Giants were stacked. Yeah, no up doubt. Stacked. They were stacked. Um, gosh. Uh, Gerald McCoy from the Bucks was always a, always a handful to deal with. Um, Geno Atkins from the Bengals. Oh yeah, he was a young. So he, those guys were the Aaron Donald. Who you know, Aaron Donald's this monster of a D lineman nowadays. Uh, mm-hmm. Those guys were him before Aaron, before Aaron came in the league. They were the you know two hundred and eighty pound three techniques that could move like a rabbit. And you're like, how do I? How do you handle this guy? They're yeah. jumping the snap count. <laughs> You know, you play them on the road, you, they, they're jumping to count because of the crowd noise, and it's like, how do you handle this guy? He, he's obviously a better athlete than I am, and I got to go backwards. Like, what, what's going on? I'm like, Staley, help me out here, dude. Joe, come on, come help me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, Geno Atkins and then uh, 
Robert Mathis from the Colts was oh yeah, just an mm-hmm. unbelievable player as well, man. Just him and Freeney were two DNs that, I mean, give fits to guys week in and week out. Um, going back a little bit further than that, I got to play against uh, – oh, what's his name? John Abraham yeah, uh, from the Falcons. Yeah, played against him in his prime. And that was always, you know, again, just another guy that's just a specimen of an athlete. Um, so, Patrick Kearney. <laughs> I'm going back in the books here now. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Those guys <laughs> – but those were guys that I grew up watching. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. got, I watched them through my high school years and into my college years. I got to watch these guys play in the NFL, and then all of a sudden I'm playing against them. Aaron Campman from Green Bay, just names that keep mm-hmm. popping up. Like these are guys that I watched, and then I'm playing against them. I'm like, what is going on? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, you know, now that you now you've retired and you've had a chance to reflect on your career, what's one piece of advice you would go back and give like rookie Adam Snyder? So yeah, what's the one thing uh, you're telling yourself now as, as you can sit back and reflect? Well, it was, it was a piece of advice that was given to me early on and it was um, do whatever you can to separate yourself and, and, and the little things it's the, it's the raising your hand when, when the coach asks, Hey, who wants to, you know, who wants to play center? Well, I'd never played center, but I'll do it. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of what shaped my, what kept me in the league for as long as I was able to play was my versatility. I was able to mm-hmm. play, anywhere from left to right and center by the end of my career, I could play all five. I think, I think I started at all five at some point, but, but anyway, it, it was like, do something to separate yourself um, from the crowd because at that level, everybody's an all-star. And I tell this to the guys I train now, it's like, when you get in the NFL, man, there's a reason that everyone's there and they're all all-stars. And so you've got to do something to separate from the crowd, whether that's first in line in the drills or it's hustling, uh, you know, back to the huddle, the little things that you can do to kind of just start separating from the crowd. I always tried to get my numbers in the frame of the, the, the when we're watching film or when opposing teams are watching film, they're like, who's 68? Why is he down the field? Why is this guy in the, around the pile? But it was just something I could do just a little more hustle or a little more attitude here um, to just try to separate myself from the crowd. Um, if I could tell, my rookie self something I, I would tell myself to find find an offensive line training facility to be honest <laughs> with you. and I'm not I'm not even I'm not saying that because that's kind of where I'm going now but but it it, it takes a lot more than than just practicing during the season and I didn't realize that until way later in my career that you have to put in the extra work you have to put in the extra time you got to study a little harder um, because it gets thrown at you pretty quickly and you're in the fire before you know it and so I would have, uh, I would have liked to have trained a little, a little differently than I did um, throughout my career. Yeah, no doubt. Cause I mean, even now you look at defensive linemen are going to pass rushing clinics and it's all oh, these yeah. great pass rushers are getting together. Like Solomon Thomas just now is just working out with Aaron Donald. Yep. And you know, I, if there's I'm anybody you, you want to work out with as an interior guy, it's Aaron Donald. No doubt. No, no doubt at all. And I've talked to Joe about it and he's like, man, these athletes nowadays are different. It's not the, it's not the Vince Wilfork's, you know, the big three, 300 pound, two gap guys. These dudes are like super athletes now, you know? Yeah. And every week, you know, and again, it's the NFL. So every week you're playing against an all-star and there's no down, there's no down, no down weeks at all. You're going to get the best from everybody every Sunday. So you've got to prepare yourself that way. And it's a year long gig now, you know, at the time when I was playing, it was maybe a little bit, not, not less intense because that's doesn't make sense, but 
you know, you would take some time off and then yeah, let your body heal. But now it's like a year long. These dudes are out here, you know, a week or two after their season, they're hitting it again, getting going, working mm-hmm. their techniques, working their fundamentals. And that's kind of how the shift has gone. And, and, you know, I think defenses are getting more athletic. The defensive lines are getting more athletic. Offensive guys are getting more athletic. You don't see the big, uh, you know, the big uh, slug mug guys anymore where you can just roll <laughs> people up. You know, you see dudes that are getting out like Joe. I, I love watching Joe. Joe's one of my best friends, but I love watching how he runs. I mean, it's like he gets out and 2011 sticks out when he led the like sweep for Alex oh, down, down the field and he scored. Oh. But, I mean, Joe's like 30 yards past Alex. Like, what are you doing, dude? You're like, you're an offensive lineman. <laughs> Why are you running like this? <laughs> but, uh, but that's how it is nowadays. The pockets move. You know, you got, got, you got centers and guards that can pull. You got tackles that can pull. You got guys that are athletic. Just unbelievable uh, athletes up there in the NFL nowadays, man. God, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, are you with well, you keep you mentioned Joe and you know you said Joe Joe's a good friend of yours. Are you are you surprised uh with how Joe's career has, you know, he he keeps going through different offenses and do you feel um do you feel Joe's got a couple more good years left in him and how's how has this Kyle Shanahan offense helped his career go forward? I mean he but- has nothing but great things to say, nothing but excitement about from the time that he met with uh, Coach Shanahan, you know, years ago or whenever they first met. Uh, Joe's been nothing but excited. Bringing Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo on um, is a big deal. Um, they have the pieces in place, man. They really do. As you look at their roster, they've got a stud leader on defense in, in Richard Sherman. They've got a leader on offense in, in, in Staley and Garoppolo. They've got a great offensive line. They've got great running backs. They've got great receivers. Now they got Bosa on the defensive line, which which is already stacked, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I see nothing but but a bright future for those guys, and 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 I think they've bought into what Coach Shanahan's bringing to the table. Um, you know, a year under another year under their belt, maybe we can get a little bit less injuries this time around. Yeah. Um, but they have nice. the pieces in place. They really have the pieces in place. If you look at it from top to bottom, um, they're doing some great things, Coach. Uh, uh, Lynch and, and Coach Shanahan are really putting together a nice little team there. Yeah, we we agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've <laughs> yeah, been harping exactly. on it. We've been harping on it here. So we're gonna stick with Staley, and because I, yeah. he's such a fun personality. And you know, we saw him when when they did the state of the franchise, and he comes out and he's doing like the Merton Hanks chicken dance. Yeah, yeah walking yeah. out onto stage. So, so something I think that everybody's gonna want to know: what is your favorite Joe Staley story? Oh, oh buddy. <laughs> We're going to go down the rabbit hole here, aren't we? Let's do it. Um, well, I'll tell you this. Joe was not like – Joe wasn't the same Joe that you see now when he first came in. He was very reserved, real quiet. I think he was kind of feeling out his place. Um, you know, we had had some older veterans in the room, and walking in as a rookie, that can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. So it took some time for Joe to uh, kind of open up. But as soon as he did, man, he's a fun guy to be around. His personality is fantastic. But I'll tell you, when he crosses the white lines, boy – you don't want to mess with him. So we were in Seattle and uh, this is just one of the many stories. I'll just say one that happened like in, in a game and, and we're uh, playing in Seattle. Obviously the place is loud, high intense situation. And we got to try to win the game. And we call the scat protection where we have to dual read. So Joe and I'm playing on the left guard and Joe's playing left tackle. And we're, we have a dual read. So we have to, you know, I'm, Obviously, we have two down D linemen we got to look at, but we also have to look at the linebackers. And if one linebacker blitzes, I got to come off and pick him up, and Joe's going to squeeze down and, and get the D lineman and leave the D end free. 
That's mm-hmm. kind of a rough way to explain it. Well, I, I miss it. Like I miss, I miss the guy blitzing and I'm just blocking my guy. And uh, I don't even remember who the quarterback was, but you hear the ooh of the crowd. So the, the ball gets released, but he gets smoked. And Joe <laughs> turns around and looks at the quarterback on the ground and I'm still kind of blocking my guy. And he looks me dead in my eyes and points his two fingers in, in like a, you know, like a, he's going to point me and sticks him right in the middle of my chest and said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I looked at him like, I mean, I was, I was like shocked. I'm like, dude, you're like my dad right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, you didn't see the guy blitz? You know, we got into it on the field a little bit, but stuck his fingers in my chest like he was my dad. And, don't ever do that again. I'm like. Dude, I'm like older than you. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of good times with that guy, man. I still I still talk to him pretty consistently. You know, I try to stay away during the season because I know how how grueling it can be. But but Joe and I are still very close, and, and uh, I got a million stories I probably can't share on a podcast. But, oh no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's one of them. Joe's sticking his fingers in my chest in the middle of the Seattle Seahawks game. It's like our biggest rivalry. And Joe's yelling at, scolding me like he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> With, um, you know, you're telling, you're talking about, you know, the O-line and you squeezing protections and, you know, you're down blocking, you know, thoughts on, on how often the line has become a little bit more mainstream. You know, you have your vital um, performance business now and, you know, people got guys like GF Swartz and um, yeah. these guys doing podcasts dedicated to O-line play. Where do you, how do you feel uh, the offensive line position has become more mainstream and a topic of conversation people actually you know brian baldinger was on on twitter the other day breaking down joe staley's yeah. blocking where do you how do you yeah. see the position has it become more popular or a little bit more exciting yeah I, I think people are starting to realize uh just how difficult of a position it is to play i mean there's a lot of things that happen there's a lot of communication that has to happen silently for one right um but there's a lot of intricate things that happen where you – and not – there's probably not any other sport that I can think of where five guys have to be exactly on the same page for something to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those pieces of the puzzle isn't doing their job, and the whole play is going to fall apart. And so that's a pretty interesting concept where you got five, five guys who have to learn how to play together, you know, injury – you know, through injuries and all that stuff. If you can keep those five guys together and they can play together and they can gel, your team's going to be successful. And um, so I, I like that it's becoming more mainstream. I like that people are, are – it's a topic of conversation. I like that uh, Duke Mannyweather and, and Schwartz are putting together that O-line mastermind. I mean, what a cool deal to get all these guys together. And it's a little – you know, it's a little family, a little fraternity of offensive line guys that, that know what it, what it – go what you have to go through, what you got to put your body through. And to not ever be noticed unless you do something wrong, like jump off sides or, yeah. uh, you know, a crucial holding penalty. You know, those are most of the times that we get noticed. Um, mm-hmm. but now for people to actually talk about the process of, of, of what it takes to be an offensive lineman and how much work goes into the gelling of that unit. Um, I think it's great, man. It's a really interesting topic when you really dive into it a little bit. Um, and you can hear these guys talk. Um, I like, I, and I still obviously playing offensive line. I'm, I'm I love listening to these dudes talk and get together and, and hear different perspectives and, and different techniques that they use. And, um, I was listening to Joe Thomas. He did something. I think it was with maybe with Baldinger. He did a yeah this, the other this day. little sit down. And he's talking about his hand placement and where you know where his outside hand would go and where his inside hand would go and how that helped him in protection. And and those are things that I take even now and 
and try to use with my guys that, that I'm training. Um, so I'm still learning. I'm still learning from guys that are playing now. I, I ask Joe all the time. Um, and, you know, Joe and Staley and Thomas were two guys that they make it look easy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I tried mm-hmm. to emulate those guys and something look easy. You're, you're a master of your craft. And that's what these guys are. And it's a, a really cool craft to be a master of. It's, imp- it's, it's an impossible uh, theory to think about. You've got better athletes going forward and we got to block them going backwards. It's just a cool concept to, to really dive into. And I, I like that it's becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely cool. Cause I, I've, I've always been a build from the inside out kind of guy when you're trying to build a yeah. franchise. And I thought that's really what, what the Harbaugh teams did is the defensive line, the offensive line were so good. And that's why I think they were successful because everything else kind of falls into place. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't agree with you more and I'm, and I'm not being biased. I just, I think that's, that's how you should build a team. I mean, if you can get five guys, I mean, that's why the Patriots have, have won so many and you really look at it. But mm-hmm. Those five guys got to play together for, for a long time, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and obviously there was luck and whatever you want to call it with injuries. But if you can get five guys to play together for two, three, four years, you're talking, you're, you're winning championships. I mean, that's, yep. that's a huge deal to get five guys to play together um, for that, that extended period of time. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. But so you were talking about – go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Finish up, finish up, sorry. No, I don't even – I don't – I'm good. I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. So you were talking about how Joe Joe got out in front of Alex on the, uh, on, on the, on the sweep against yeah. the Saints. Um, yeah. now, now we're seeing guys like Mike McGlinchey, who yeah. is like 50 yards downfield blocking for Raheem Mostert on a touchdown run. So, yeah. I, I mean, in, in, so that's the evolution of, this, of the position, right? It's just – the defense gets to be better athletes. The offensive line has to be, has to be better athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a period of time through, through my career as a young player through like 2005, six, seven, eight, nine around there where they wanted us to be as big and heavy as possible. Mm-hmm. But it was because that's, because that's what the defensive lines were doing. Right. Mm-hmm. They had these yep. big 345 pound Gilbert Brown, Vince Wilford, Casey Hampton, big old monster dudes that, that'll swallow up three offensive linemen. Well, now we have to counter that by being as big and heavy and strong as we can, you know? So it was kind of a a game of chess in in terms of like, well, they're doing this. We got to counter it with this, but exactly what you're saying, like the the defensive lines get more athletic. Well, now we've got to, we got to be more athletic. We got to be able to run. We got to be able to get out in space. Got to move the pocket. You got to be able to pull guys, you know, Um, McGlinchey and Staley are two peas in a pod, man. I spent some time <laughs> with both those both those guys. They are like carbon copies of each other. It's pretty classic. Drink any white claws? <laughs> I didn't have any white claws with them that on the trip, but we definitely <laughs> had a few other adult beverages. There you go. There you go. <laughs> good dudes, man. I mean, I mean, Mike. Per- I played with Mike when Mike was a young player. It's been awesome to watch a uh, person. It's been awesome to watch his mm-hmm. career flourish. I mean, he's in his ninth year now. That's phenomenal. Uh, played with Weston Richburg in New York. I mean, what mm-hmm. a great kid works his tail off and a uh, great guy to be at the center position that can lead that offensive line. You got Lake and Tomlinson, who's an absolute monster, you know, McGlinchey stay. I mean, so the pieces are, the pieces of the puzzle are, are, are there. Let's keep these guys healthy. And I, I guarantee you're going to see success of the team start to rise. Yeah. So you, you sounds like you, you, you follow in, um, following the Niners pretty closely. You, you're getting pretty excited for the season too. I am. I am, man. I am getting excited. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, Joe is one of my, my great friends. And it's funny when you're, when you're an ex-player, you don't really, I don't really have a team. Obviously, I'm loyal to the 49ers because of what they gave me and, and 
the opportunity they gave me. So I'll always forever be a, I'll be a faithful forever. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I try to, I try to keep tabs on the guys I played with uh, throughout my career. I, I still talk to Alex Smith. He was just out here in Arizona. still currently playing I always try to keep that connection alive um just because uh you know I never know when our paths are going to cross again and I always try to keep that, that friendship alive yeah you and you know we just had the good news from Alex Smith you know he got yeah, that big yeah. uh that big brace and all the pins taken out of his legs so it's always yeah, as, as Niners fans you know I, I think we're always excited to hear good Alex Smith news because I mean you were part of those teams too where it was just new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. And it felt like he never got a true shot until Harbaugh showed up. It's, so it's unbelievable. And no one gives him credit. The, the, the way that Alex Smith led the teams through all of that, uh, he never wavered and always gave his best effort and was always, that's a tough thing as a quarterback. You didn't throw new offenses every year. You didn't throw new schemes, new coaches, new quarterbacks, coach, new coordinator. That's a tough thing. To, to, I mean, how do you expect the guy to get any rhythm? You yeah. know what I mean? And that's at the position. That's a tough, tough gig to. That's a tough gig to have to play to be playing quarterback and getting new offenses every year. Um, but the guy never wavered, man. Never, never said a sour thing, and always kept his head straight and just tried to do the best he could possibly do. And uh, I mean, I'll forever be indebted to him for the time we had together. I mean, he's a great dude, man. He's a great, great dude. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm an Alex fan. He's um he's definitely got a warm spot in my household. It's uh thankful for everything he did with the Niners. You know, yeah, as no a fan, doubt. you know, it's, it's uh unfortunate what happened to him. Hopefully he gets back and can play, you know, get a couple more years in. I would love Yeah, to. and again, even through even through the injury, the the guy just doesn't it, nothing shakes him, nothing rattles him. His attitude is like I'm I'm like I got to be more like you, man. <laughs> just positive <laughs> and like you know, motivated and positive to, to get back out on the field. And if that's what he wants to do, man, I, I, I don't see him not doing it. I mean, he puts his mind to something. He's going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you got, so vital opens, you're doing your big grand opening on Saturday, right? Yeah. So Saturday we're doing our official grand opening. Uh, we've been up and running this week. I've been training guys, um, from some local high schools here since January, we've been going out to a park and just, I bring a bin of stuff and we just get the work in. Uh, I wanted nice. it to look a little bit more professional than that. <laughs> so uh, did some research, uh, traveled to Colorado and met with uh, Matt McChesney who runs six zero uh, football Academy down there in Denver. And he is killing it, dude. He's doing such good things for those kids in Denver. Uh, he put 43 kids, I believe in college last year from D one to D three. Wow. Yeah. And so he's got, he's got exactly the model that I'm, that I'm chasing here in Arizona. And, you know, Arizona football, high school football has gotten so much better over the last 10 years. There's a huge demand for a place like this, uh, for a place for big guys to go train their fundamentals and techniques. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, it just doesn't exist right now here. We have, we have uh, a Charles Bentley O-line performance. They're the Mecca. I mean, LaCharles has every NFL pro, all pro, 
He's got all the big time NFL guys come down here to Chandler and train. Um, again, another model that I'm chasing. I, the guy, the guy has a dial. He's, he's changed the offensive line uh, training aspects for the offense. I mean, this guy's dialed. <laughs> Look into it. it. It's pretty rad. Um, but I'm, I, I'm more looking towards the youth and the high school age. Mm-hmm. Um, after being a high school football coach for a couple of years, they're just that, you know, they play the game because they love it. The business aspect hasn't kicked in for them yet. They're little sponges. They, they take information <laughs> and, and they try their, you know, they try their best to, to do it and watching the progression through the couple of years I had some of these kids and then watching them get scholarships and watching them go, go on to play college football. That's what I'm in it for. Like being around them, being able to help their, their football career, um, watching them progress. Uh, that, that part of it is, is, is what's very rewarding to me. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, grand opening on, on Saturday and, uh, we're up and rolling. Unfortunately, our football season here starts right about now. So, so hot. <laughs> and it's so hot. <laughs> exactly right. It's so hot. Uh, but you know, and that's going to kind of change the way we train. We're not going to train the same way in season as we would off season. Mm-hmm. We'll do a little bit more core work, uh, body weight, flexibility, recovery, mobility, those kind of things in season. We have a yoga instructor coming in on once a week to do um, athletic performance yoga with these kids, teaching mental toughness and, and stretching and taking care of your body. I've got a buddy, Seth Bozinski, who's a, a UFC veteran, who's coming in to do some hand fighting and footwork with these guys during the season. Oh, wow. I think, I, think, I think MMA and offensive line play go hand in hand. Being able to, yeah. to use, use your hands individually, but, you know, like an MMA guy does, like striking individually, uh, the footwork these guys have um, is going to be a huge benefit for us as offensive linemen. So I got a guy coming in to do classes with these boys during the season. Um, so we're getting it all dialed in, man. We're getting it all dialed in. I'm trying to trying to help. I want to take a product and make it better, and that's that's the end goal. Yeah, is to take a product and make it better. Absolutely. And you told us, uh, you know, like when we were trying to set our schedule up and everything, have you on? You told us you had another former 49er joining you this weekend as well. Yes, sir, David Boss. <laughs> David Boss is coming in. He, he unfortunately was. I'm supposed to pick him up tonight, but his his plane in Atlanta got canceled for a storm or something, so he had to switch his flight to the morning. But yeah, Dave Boss is coming out again. Another guy that that I've stayed in contact with um, over the years. I mean, even after retirement, even when he went to New York, um, Dave and I are, are the best of friends. And our story is actually kind of crazy. If you got a little bit more time. Yeah. So I grew up. I grew up in uh, Whittier, California. That's down in, in Southern Cal. And Dave grew up in Sarasota, Florida. And so at the end of our senior year, we played in the first annual uh, California Florida All Star Game. So I was on the California team. Dave was on the Florida team. So we played against each other. I go off and go to Oregon. Dave goes to Michigan, and Oregon and Michigan played each other, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then at the end of our senior year in college, we we both got invited to play in the senior bowl. So we played on the same team and we started next to each other. Dave was at center. I was at left guard. And then we got drafted together in the same, in the same uh, draft class. In the <laughs> That's so awesome. every level, every level of football, we either played against or with each other. Um, not, it hadn't even, we didn't know it until we started talking at the senior bowl. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that little, that little connection is what carried us. You know, I'm obviously getting next, getting to play next to Dave for as long as I did was, was I mean the guy's a monster, dude. Three hundred and thirty pounds of pure muscle. <laughs> just it's a big yeah, it's a big boy. 
just a road grader. You talk about a road grader, that's Dave Boss, man. Golly. Oh, man. Dave Boss. Yeah, Dave Boss. Getting this play with Larry was, like, unbelievable, right? He's, like, arguably the best, the greatest offensive lineman to play the game. Okay, right. so quick Larry, Larry Allen question before you continue. Were you up on the team when Larry Allen just, like, punched the kicker for missing the extra point? That was in Dallas. Oh, he was in Dallas at that point? Yeah, so okay. that was, yeah. I think that happened in Dallas. But I will tell you this, that kicker, oh, what was his name, man? So Jose, well, I thought it was on the Niners. I thought it was Jose Cortez was the one that shanked either a short field goal or the extra point. Did he, did he punch him on the Niners or was it in Dallas? I, I think he was on the Niners. I think it was on the Niners. Maybe it did happen. I, if, it did, if it happened, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> But I do yeah. remember. I remember. I remember Cortez was on on our team for a little bit, so maybe it did happen with the Niners. Yeah, I I was definitely on the team. I don't remember it happening. I remember Larry and Vernon Davis getting in a fight, and I was like, "Whoa!" Oh goodness! <laughs> get out of the way of that one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but Larry, dude, I mean, gosh, man, watching a legend, and again, like By, he was put on this planet to play football, dude. Yeah, like, that's a big man. Fourteenth year, eleven straight Pro Bowls at like four different positions. Still, every day of training camp, like, wouldn't take a day off. Put his pads on, go out there, smash people for an hour and a half, and then just sit in meeting rooms, take notes. I'm like, this guy is a machine, dude. 11 straight Pro Bowls at four different positions. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, that's, again, one of those things that I look back. And not that I took it for granted at the time, because obviously Larry Allen is a Hall of Famer, but looking back at it, I'm like, dude, that is like, I can't even wrap my head around how I got to play next to him for a couple of years, two seasons or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, Adam, you, Adam, you played with some, some greats, you know, he had, <clears throat> yeah. you had Justin Smith, you know, the, the yeah. long, long list. You got, you still got Joe still playing, you know, you had, yep. you played, were you, you were on the offensive line with Goodwin, Jonathan Goodwin. Yeah. You had some, yeah. You, you've had a, illustrious career with yeah, I just, great players. I just, saw a picture, I just saw a picture of Goody not too long ago uh, on one of the social medias. That dude looks like uh, he lost like 100 pounds, man. He looks great. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, like, I'm still too, 290. What's going on, man? You guys are all losing all your weight. Oh, well, Joe <laughs> Thomas Goody. looks great, doesn't he? Joe Thomas slimmed down, oh, and yeah. now he's looking good in a suit and stuff. And then, uh, See, But, you know, for another personality, good. David Deal. David he's Deal lost a ton of weight. Yeah, dude, but he's still big. And, oh, is he? I feel like I, I see him on like I think he does Fox now, right? He does well, the probably, he does the booth. He's probably, shred, he's probably shredded too. Huh? Yeah, that might. But be Nick it. Hard Nick Hardwick lost a bunch of weight. Um, there's another dude uh, that played Fanica. Fanica lost a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. He weighs like 180 pounds or something. Jesus. Staley's gonna do the same thing, dude. Watch because yeah. Staley was a Staley was a track runner and, and a receiver in high school. He's gonna get out of the league. He's gonna shred down to like 190. I mean, play beach volleyball down in San Diego, and I'm gonna be like, dude. <laughs> I've been an offensive lineman my whole life. I played I played center in sixth grade and played played tackle in high school. I've been an offensive lineman my whole life. I don't think my I was 265 as a senior. I don't think I'll ever get to 265. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it means mm. it seems to be the trend. Once he's you know once guys retire, I and mean, you saw Bowman at his retirement, he lost like 25 pounds, and Patrick Willis I mean, lost God, a whole bunch yeah. of weight. So you know, it's yeah. um, I'm definitely lighter than when I played, so that's good. I'm not yeah. going up. <laughs> which is good <laughs> you know you your 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 program vital performance i have two little boys and um you know you mentioned the mma thing and when i was playing football as a kid my dad my dad put me in wrestling first to teach right. me hand fighting and your your 
core and you know setting my base when I played football no doubt um, so I mean I now I'm now it makes me look at my dad like okay he did know what he was talking about so he did know what he was talking about, right, <laughs> um, right but, exactly yeah I mean I think that's huge dude discipline too like the way wrestlers are so disciplined and 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 technical too right like yeah I think we can learn so much as offensive linemen from that from the combat sports technicality footwork bot, like how to how to use your body how to use your hands individually um so yeah, there's a ton of ton of crossover between offensive line and combat sports. I think. Yeah, I I agree, and I'm you know my I have a four year old and a seven month old, so there are a little bit of ways to doing that. But I've been looking for right. you know youth programs out here in Austin. There's so many, um, and yeah, I've, no doubt, I'm still trying to find a program like yours for when my son you know gets that seven right. nine year old thing. And they're having, we're not too far not too away. Much, you can so. take a drive. I got family. Like, we're we're ten hours away, probably. We we can get him in for a weekend. Yeah, I I got uh, go. family in AZ, so I got a place to stay. So yeah. There you go. All right, Adam. Why don't you let the people know how to find you and how to find Vital Performance? So so you know, once they hear this, they get all they all pumped up. Yeah, you can follow. Can find you can follow you. us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Vital Performance V Y D L Performance. Um, our website is vitalperformance.com, and our email is vitalperformance at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking just to uh, just to help these kids, man, and springboard them into their career if this is what they want to do uh, is play football. And, and even if it's not, if they just want to work their craft for the four years that they play football, uh, if they want to just, you know, get better with speed and agility, if they want to do MMA, they want to do yoga, we have it all under our roof. Uh, we've got a film room, so we're, I'm, I'm going to teach these kids how to, how to evaluate themselves and how to watch film, how to learn how to draw a defense, how to learn to understand defense. Um, so yeah, we've got, we've got it all right in front of us. Oh, I'm definitely coming to Arizona now. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's go. And I got a boat. We can go, we can go wake surf too. I'll bring the white claws. <laughs> there you go. Bring the white claws. I love it. <laughs> Don't let a glitchy around them. No. <laughs> several multi-packs. <laughs> I, I was loving what they, I love, was loving what those guys were doing at the sharks, the sharks games too. Oh, waterboarding, uh, waterboarding yeah. him with beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing my ass off at these guys, man. Oh, right that's on. funny. That's good, man. That's good. They're all, they're all for the Bay area sports. I love it. Good deal. Um, well, Adam, you know, we, we appreciate your time today. We thank you for coming on with us and hopefully we can get you back maybe during the season, talk about the Niners are on a winning streak and making a run. Um, anytime check out anyone who's listening right now, check out vital performance. If you live in the Arizona area, I know I have family out there. I'll have them check it out. and you know, we'll plug it here on the podcast as often as we can for you. And uh, get, get man. thank you guys out. so much for having me. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye.